and welcome to Postnatal FAQ. This is the podcast where I, Abby Hollick, put your frequently asked questions on postnatal care to a whole host of wonderful experts who focus on postnatal recovery. A quick reminder before we start, just as we and our babies are all different, so are our situations. These podcasts are absolutely not intended to be a substitute for seeking tailored one-to-one help and advice from professionals who can assess what's best for you. Do go and talk to your GP or health visitor about any physical or mental health issues you may be experiencing or any doubts you may have. If it's out of hours in an emergency, please do go to your local A&E. For this series, I've spoken to a woman's health physio, an osteopath, a yoga teacher and two psychologists and they're all extremely reassuring and answer many of the common questions and complaints and issues that new mothers have. Today's episode is really exciting. It was such a pleasure to go to Oxford in Surrey to meet this person. She's none other than the women's health physio, Emma Brockwell. Emma specialises in postnatal recovery and rehabilitation and also works for a campaign group called Pelvic Raw, which consists of three physios, Emma, Myra Robson and Elaine Miller. Pelvic Raw are on a mission to help women access better and more reliable information about pelvic health issues. This is the kind of conversation I wish I'd had access to and I wish I'd been able to hear after each of my sons. I think Emma's brilliant. She really normalises a lot of the common issues and it's incredibly reassuring to hear that things like leaking urine and painful sex are not normal, but they are common and you must, must, must go and see your GP and try and get a referral to a women's health physio. But more on that later, I started by asking Emma why she's so passionate about pelvic health. I was a prolific runner pre-baby and post-baby I had lots of uh, pelvic health issues, um, scar pain, vaginal pain and I really struggled to get back to running and felt that the information at the time was really uh, lacking, contradictory and I just wanted uh, to be someone that people could come to and not experience what I'd experienced. So it came from a personal place? Very personal place, yeah. I received a lot of answers to my questionnaires which really focused on women feeling like they didn't recognise their body and in those early weeks, you know, it feels different, it looks different, you may be in some pain, bleeding. What is normal at the beginning in terms of exercise? I think when you first had baby, the key is not to put too much pressure on yourself. Women, I'm finding at the moment, are very infatuated with this bounce back um they see lots of images on instagram of, of of celebrities getting their bodies back within two or three weeks it's not real pictures on instagram posts on instagram are they're portraying unrealistic images um the reality is if you can get up and have a good walk you've won that day i i, I feel um the key really is to keep everything simple bite-sized and make sure that you're you know you're not too tired you're eating well and making sure that you're just trying to do little snippets here and there really of of, of, get, of getting your body moving but not overdoing things i think the key as well is to do pelvic floor exercises <laughs> which don't sound incredibly exciting do they but pelvic floor exercises achieve and do so much they are the bottom the, the bottom of your core 
And if your core is strong, then you will be able to get back to the exercise you want to do much sooner than you than you think. I myself, you know, was told to do pelvic floor exercises and there's a feeling that no, but you don't understand, I have no time. I'm so exhausted and now you're asking me to do pelvic floor exercises. So step one, why do we need to do them? And could you talk me through some? And so the listener can listen and follow it. So your pelvic floor is the bottom of your core. Your core consists of uh, the bottom, your pelvic floor, at the very top, your diaphragm. And it attaches, they, they attach together via your transversus abdominis, which is your deepest of the four layers of tummy muscles that you have. At the back of this is your mortifidus, which is the deepest back muscle. So effectively, your core is like a caniston and it controls all the pressure that builds up in your system throughout the day. So when you cough, sneeze, run, laugh, pressure is generated in, in, in that abdominal cavity. And that pressure has to be maintained and managed by those four muscles. So if you're fit and healthy, you will have four muscles working together as a team. If you've had a baby, those four muscles become lengthened and weakened and they can't always cope with the pressure that we generate. So it is essential that you maintain or or get those four muscles working together again. If you don't, because your pelvic floor supports your pelvic organs, it stops you leaking urine, it stops you um, or helps you have good bowel control. It also gives you um, better sexual function. If you don't re-strengthen that, that particular muscle, then you may then leak urine, prolapse, or have issues with, with painful sex. So it's the foundation. And just to explain, prolapse? Prolapse is uh, where either your bladder, your bowels, or your uterus fall into your vagina, vag- vaginal canal. So it's safe to say that before having a baby, even if you were really into exercise, you may never have really thought about your pelvic floor. Mm. And if you don't do these exercises, what can happen? So if you don't do these exercises, you are at risk of leaking urine when you run. You are at risk of feeling heaviness or a bulging in your vagina, which is a a potential sign of prolapse. And you are at risk of sex not being as pleasurable or as I said um, a moment ago being 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 uncomfortable so they seem laborious and they, they aren't the most exciting exercise but they are probably one of the most important exercises that you will do and you will find if you were into your sports that you perform better doing your sports if you do the pelvic, if you do your pelvic floor exercises so it's well worth trying to find a few minutes every day to do them. Do you have any tips or tricks for anyone listening thinking, oh, that's all very well, but I, honestly, I have no time? I would say you do have time because you have time to brush your teeth, you have time to brush your hair, and once your pelvic floor is strong enough, it will take a few minutes, just as brushing your teeth does every day, to, to do them. And I think that's it. We'd never walk out of the house without brushing our teeth. So we should really ideally not walk out of the house without having done our pelvic floor exercises. And I think it's just changing your state of mind and reasoning why you're doing them. Because knowing that I'm not going to leak urine when I run for the bus is certainly my incentive. And I think I think the fact that it does only take a few minutes of your day, it's worth finding that that routine to get them into. 
And when you had your baby, and even today, do you still do them? 100%. And when do you do them? So I tend to do them in the morning because your pelvic floor works better in the morning because you haven't spent a whole day rushing around looking after the children or running to work. I find that my routine is better set up for me in in the morning. So tick the box and, and they're done. Could you talk me through them? So I'm sitting in a chair right now. Um, So sitting up or standing up is the better position to be in because that is where we are most of the day. Lying down in bed is a good starting point if your pelvic floor is very weak. So initially when you have baby, that's where you might want to start or lying on your side. But sitting up is perfect. And I would imagine or visualize that perineal area. So your vagina and your back passage. The key is lots of women forget to squeeze their back passage. So I would focus on your back passage. Imagine you're trying to stop yourself passing wind and you want to think about lifting it up and forwards. And as you do that or get more uh, comfortable with doing that, then try and squeeze the front passage as if you're trying to stop yourself passing urine at the same time. So I was going to say it feels very strong at the back, but you don't get the same strength at the front. Is that quite common? That's quite common. And also because of the way you're sat at the moment, so Abby's leaning back a little bit at the moment, you will tend to activate your back passage more where you're slightly leaned back. If you lean forwards a little bit, you might find that you're able to activate your front passage a little bit more. It's much easier, isn't it? So you want to think about squeezing back passage, then drawing up front passage as if you're trying to stop yourself passing urine, and then letting go. So and that's a very important bit, isn't it? The full that is key. letting go. Absolutely. So think about your bicep. Your bicep has to fully bend your elbow and it has to fully straighten your elbow to get a full contraction. So if you imagine your pelvic floor has to do the same thing, it has to draw and lift fully up and it also has to fully relax. And that is key because lots of women aren't letting their pelvic floor relax. So once you've squeezed and lifted front and back passage, you then relax. If you start feeling your bottom cheeks squeezing or your inner thighs squeezing, that's a sign that the pelvic floor is fatigued and perhaps you've held it for long enough at that stage. There is a big push for everyone to do 10 reps, 10 second holds, and then 10 fast flicks, which we'll come back to in a second. But I think really, so long as you're generating that squeeze and contraction for as long as you can before you feel you can't hold it any longer, then that's a good start. Yeah, what's going on in the mind then? Because for some people, they might be counting to 10 or they might have some kind of visualisation or mantra Mm -hmm. or I'm I'm, I'm really looking at the early weeks. Mm -hmm. Is there a sort of starting point that you would say, whether you've had a C-section, whether you've had an episiotomy, whatever birth you had, you know, in the early weeks, even before that six-week GP check, Mm -hmm. is there a length of time women should be holding it for? The way I did it initially and get all my ladies to do it is if we go back to that core where we know that the diaphragm is attached to the pelvic floor, when you breathe in, your diaphragm will lengthen your pelvic floor. When you breathe out, your pelvic floor will contract because the diaphragm and pelvic floor pump like a piston. And I should just add that that is a physio called Julie Weeb who coined that term. So it's a pumping piston. And if you use your breath to help contract your pelvic floor, you will get a more effective full activation. So what I would encourage you to do once you've, uh, when you've had your baby initially is take a nice deep breath into your tummy. And then as you breathe out, squeeze and lift your back and your front passage and try and hold it for that breath out. 
I would then aim to do that five to ten times in a row. Your pelvic floor is made of fast twitch fibers and slow twitch fibers. So you also need to activate the pelvic floor quickly. When it comes to quick activations, keep breathing, don't hold your breath because that's very important. And you just want to squeeze and lift your front and your back passage quickly and then slowly release. And I'd aim to do that up to 10 times or again, as many times as you can before you feel that other muscles are trying to help you out. Don't obsess about how long the holds are. Don't obsess about how many you're doing. Just doing them a couple every few hours is, is, is a fab start um, when you first have baby. So the six-week check, I remember mine not that long ago, very, very clearly. I felt like I would definitely be checked, that my vagina would be looked at. And other than having my blood pressure taken mm-hmm. and the baby was checked and then I was asked about what my plans were for contraception... That was it. Some of the people who filled out the questionnaires didn't have the funds because they weren't getting maternity pay. Mm -hmm. A few lived in remote areas. Mm -hmm. It is not possible for everybody to get checked as quick as they need to in this country right now. So there isn't a perfect answer to this question. But what can women do? And when would you say, I know it's hard, I know it might cost money, but you need Mm -hmm. to see someone six-week check is a little controversial isn't it because some of the GPs aren't funded to do the six-week check anymore I would say if you can get to the GP and 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 ask them say would you would you look at my my vagina would you check my stitches if you've had a tear if you've had a c-section ask them to look at your tummy um because I didn't because I feel that that's still embarrassing it's not embarrassing you have to think of as, as a clinician I see a vagina every half an hour for me it's no different to looking at a foot it is it, no different to looking at an arm it's it's our job it's our bread and butter and it's it's what we like to do I, I you know I like I like I love doing pelvic floor assessments because the beauty of what I do is you see such results quite quickly and it's there's nothing better than being able to reassure someone that their vagina is perfectly normal it's been traumatized it will heal and the relief on people's face is immense and you've had a baby that can't get any harder than having a baby so don't be embarrassed this is your body this is your vagina you need to look after it because if you don't no one else will so I would say ditch the embarrassment speak to the doctor that's their job Um, if they don't know because the reality is GPs aren't getting training in the same way as they used to in this in this department ask them for a referral or go onto the referral list in the NHS. Most departments have a women's um, health service. There might be a waiting list, but it's worth going onto it. If you are in a remote area and you really cannot get to uh, a women's health physio, there will be soon a new um, directory that's being uh, formulated at the moment called the Squeezy Directory, and that's linked to the Squeezy app. There's a very good NHS app called the Squeezy app, which helps uh, remind you to do your pelvic floor exercises. Um, and off the back of that, they're setting up a directory listing all the women's health physios in the country, at least those that have applied to be on the directory. And off the back of that, there'll also be uh, some level of telephone directory where you can then hopefully speak to a women's health physio. So if you have fears or concerns or you do feel too embarrassed to to have an internal examination, that could be your starting point to desensitise yourself to that and actually know that on the phone you could talk to a women's health physio. 
the times I would say you need to go to your doctor and be checked. First of all, if you've had a tear or a C-section and your scar is starting to smell or there's some um, unusual discharge coming from, from both areas, if there's redness, if you have a fever or feel unwell, then you need to go to your GP and have those scars looked at. If you're leaking urine, if you have heaviness in your vagina or some discomfort in your vagina, if you have a gap, um, a diastasis or a doming of your tummy, then you, then it's worth going to the doctors. And also if What you, does diastasis mean? Does diast- that gap? Yes, diastasis recti. Every woman when they're pre- pregnant will have a diastasis. And that is because the linear alba, which is some tissue, some thin tissue that attaches your six-pack muscles together, that stretches when you have a baby. It has to for baby to grow. After eight to ten weeks of having had baby, that tissue should come back together. Um, and be nice and strong um, with some nice levels of tension so there's no gap in the middle of your um, of, of your abdomen some women that gap doesn't heal on its own and you might notice when you sit up from bed that you look down and you can see a doming of your tummy or you notice when you stand there's some people might comment that you still look pregnant that's a sign you might have diastasis it's something women's health physios treat really effectively and it's well worth asking the physio sorry I beg your pardon the GP for a referral to a physio because with a diastasis we don't the, the evidence is suggesting you could be prone to back pain because of that core is weakened at the front, so your back has to take more um, stress. The evidence also shows that there isn't a direct link, but there, there, they, there might be a link with incontinence and prolapse if you have a diastasis. So it's worth having it, having it checked so as to prevent further problems further down the line. And the other reason I would go to the doctors and ask for a referral to a women's health physio is if you have painful sex. One in ten women have painful sex after baby, so it's worth worth going and asking for that referral. Anyone listening who might feel, oh, I'm leaking, but only a tiny bit, it's really not much, and it, I'm quite constipated, but isn't that normal because of the hormones? And I've only really tried sex once, and it was painful, but isn't that normal? I think something that came up, a theme that came up, time and time and time again, is what is normal? Is there such a thing as... Everything will be unsettled for a certain amount of time, but if you're if it hasn't gone back to normal by this marker, then go seek help because I think people get confused with six week check, six week check. So if there's a problem at eight weeks, oh my goodness, then that means that something's really wrong. What's the time limit on when something you would say is not normal anymore? Six week check existed because of the high mortality rate of women 30 years ago Um, there was a high mortality rate up to six weeks of having had a baby and therefore the GP check was was created to ensure that there was less women dying after birth that's changed now so there's much more morbidity that is issues with diabetes incontinence prolapse but the mortality rate has has improved which is fab the problem is the six-week check doesn't really take into account a lot of these morbidities. So it's, you've had a trauma, you've had a baby, you are going to feel sore after having had a baby, you are going to be unfortunately uncomfortable, but there are some things that aren't normal. So pain up to the first two or three weeks is perfectly normal if you've had a perineal tear uh, or a C-section. 
After that, I would expect your pain levels to be improving. So if after three or four weeks you're in a lot of pain, then you need to go to the doctor perhaps sooner or mention it to your midwife. If you've only leaked urine once or twice, that's once or twice too many in my opinion. And I think if you've leaked urine once, that's a sign that there's some weakness there. So there is no harm in, in going to the doctor and mentioning it to them. It may never happen again, but where, where's the harm in saying, I've, I have leaked? Because it's common, but it's not normal to do that. If you feel heaviness in your vagina for the first four to six weeks, that can be fairly normal because that area has been traumatised. It can be swollen. But if beyond six weeks you're still feeling that heaviness, that needs looking into painful sex that's a difficult one because you can have painful sex for a variety of reasons that can be because you've got a scar and it's healing can be because when you've had a baby your hormones are all over the place and you lack estrogen and when vaginal tissues lack estrogen they become atrophied so they become a little bit papery and that can make them very sore and uncomfortable particularly when you've had sex now if you're a breastfeeder you can have that atrophy throughout your breastfeeding time And that can mean sex is painful if you breastfeed for two years. If you are breastfeeding and you're having painful sex, I would absolutely go to the doctor because it might be that they can give you some cream to improve upon that after six weeks. So if you're having painful sex after six weeks, then mention it to the doctor because you shouldn't be having painful sex after one or two times of having had it. Sex will help stretch the pelvic floor muscles and it will start, should start feeling easier once you've had sex and if it doesn't you need to see the doctor and low back pain tummy gap they're very common but you shouldn't be having them just because you've had a baby it doesn't mean you, you need to be in pain for the rest of your life or have have a massive gap in your tummy that's something that people can help with so use them go and go and seek the help and would you say there are any online classes or support with exercises or relaxation anything that along the way you found has really helped postnatal women there are a few a few good exercise classes out there i'd say the best ones are probably by um, a company called holistic core restore created by jenny burrell and she is a women's health advocate and educator she is very has been brilliant at training personal trainers to become postnatally trained effectively and safely they exist to help you postnatally Online, there's um, the MUTU, and that is an online programme, particularly for women who leak, have prolapse, have diastasis. And again, it's another safe way to exercise. Great information on nutrition and posture, all the things we should be thinking about, and particularly good for those women in remote areas who, who can't get to... That was the MUTU. MUTU, M-U-T-U. I would recommend Pilates and yoga but I would 100% make sure you're doing postnatal pilates and postnatal yoga when you initially start exercising the hardest thing postpartum is finding fitness instructors who are postnatally trained and and ask your women local women's health physio because I'm linked to all the really good ones around here and I've made it my mission to find the good ones and I I won't refer to any that I don't think are safe for postnatal women a really reliable resource for Pilates, and this is because I'm a physio, so this is the, the world I understand, but there is a group called APPI Pilates, and they are the Australian, I'm going to get this wrong, Australian Physio Pilates Institute, and they are who we as physios would train with to become Pilates instructors. 
Um, Body Control is another very good Pilates uh, uh, company that trains postnatal instructors effectively. It's quite important just quickly to talk about to talk about the embarrassment side of things because I've no doubt you've spoken to women who've maybe had painful sex for a while or they've been leaking when they run for the bus and it might be the first time they've ever said that out loud quite a long time post-birth what's your message I guess for anyone still struggling with that idea of you know I can't tell my partner or I would be embarrassed to tell the mummy baby group or, or a good friend because no one else has mentioned it how can you sort of normalize it and let women know that you see so many people who've gone through this and they heal and they don't live with it anymore this is the biggest issue isn't it with all these um these really common pelvic floor issues that we're talking about is that they are just horribly horribly common one in three women will leak urine after having a baby in fact i think the stats are probably doing it a disservice i'd imagine it's more one in two 50 percent of women having had one baby will have an element of prolapse our bodies have been through so much so quickly we are going to have weaknesses and our bodies are going to change and that's that's okay it's just not okay to accept it you have had a trauma to your body and you therefore need strengthening again you need some care you need to look after yourself and I think women once they've had babies they don't think about themselves enough and they I I guess the complexity with something like leaking urine is often you're not in pain so you poo-poo it and you think oh I'll, I'll deal with that another day but another day means another day of getting a little bit weaker and you know as a very high percentage of women they get better just from having physio but Within 12 weeks, most women are, are better and they can go on the trampoline with the kids and, and not have to wear a pad. How amazing is that, you know? And it's something I wish each and every woman who had a baby could have women's health physio because it's, it's, it's your right to get back to a normal way of living without leaking every, every day. There's also that slightly vicious cycle of, I should be thinner now, I should be exercising now. Can you talk a little bit personally about how you had to teach yourself to, or teach yourself patience and self-kindness around getting back into exercise? As someone who had done a lot of exercise and was a big runner, it must have been a real shock to the system to suddenly be with a newborn and with a new body and new identity. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I exercise because I love exercise, but also because it, it's it, men, mental health. It, you know, it makes me feel better. And I had a really... Diff- I was very unwell during my pregnancy, so I wasn't able to exercise at all during my pregnancy. But when you're unwell, you don't mind not exercising because you just feel so poorly. You don't, you don't really... It's the last thing you want to do. However, as soon as I had my first child, I was desperate to get back to running. And as a physio, I thought, well, I'm a physio. Everyone expect me to get back to running quickly because I should be nice and strong and know exactly what I'm doing. And the reality was that I wasn't as strong as I thought. And I actually didn't know quite what I thought I should be doing because at that time I wasn't in the world of women's health. So I returned to running far too soon. I had a cesare- an emergency caesarean. So I returned to running after about 10 weeks, which might sound a long time, but it was too soon for me and I got pain and I had heaviness in my, my, my vagina and I thought it's fine it will go away I'll keep running 
and I did keep running and then I had such severe back pain in the end that I actually found out I prolapsed my disc in my back um, and I couldn't run for another year after that and so I learned the really hard way and I then had to take everything go back to scratch start training properly and sensibly which is really how I got into this in the first place so second time round with my daughter I desperately wanted to get back to running at 10 weeks probably sooner but I didn't I did it very sensibly I don't think I started running until I was about six months post baby because you've had a baby enjoy it you've got plenty of time to get your body back and you will get your body back through doing other exercise other than 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 high impact so be kind to yourself life's too short you need you need to make sure that you're building your your strength back up sensibly so that you can run forever forever more without any issues were there any sort of tips or tools that you implemented to calm that part of your brain down when you just were fighting yourself and you were try- you just desperately wanted to how did you manage the 6 months I realized actually that walking power walking was a really effective way of of toning of getting my body back but also of clearing my head as well and so I would do the same running routes and I would just walk as fast as I could uh, I'm not a great swimmer, but that's something else that I, I recommend to a lot of women waiting to get back to that high impact. I, I just I just realised that it's not just the high impact exercise that can give you that freedom that exercise seems to give your mind and also tones your body up at the same time. What about women frightened to have sex for the first time? I would recommend a good lubricant. I'm keen that all my ladies, I give them a sample of the lubricant that I recommend. And I think most physios are recommending this now. It's called Yes. It's an organic lubricant and it is brilliant at just giving your vagina some moisture. What you will lack after having had a baby is moisture to that area because of those hormones being all muddled around. And particularly if you've had a tear, things are going to be a little bit sensitive down there. So I would say use some yes around your vagina and on your partner as well. Take your time. There's no rush. It doesn't have to be at six weeks when the when you get the go ahead. I, I see I, and I and I do not exaggerate this, the majority of the ladies I see even 10 months postnatally haven't had sex because they're just not ready for it. They're tired, baby's still in the room, they don't have a sex drive because they're still breastfeeding and because they're so tired. So I think there's no pressure. You do it when you're ready to do it. It will probably hurt less than you think, particularly if you're using the lubricant. And you need to feel relaxed and realise that if it doesn't happen that night, it will happen another night. And actually, the more you do it, the more comfortable it's going, it's going to be. But again, it comes back to the same thing as getting our bodies back. Take the pressure off yourself. If you're not ready to have it, then then give yourself some time. And when it does happen, you'll probably think it's, it's, it feels better than you expected. I think being real about expectations is really important here. I don't know, again, why we put so much pressure on ourselves. And often it's not coming from a partner. A partner's no. saying, oh, no, I get it. Oh my God. Um, it's very rarely coming from your partner. I mean, most of the girls I speak to, their husbands are ha- and partners are happy that they're not happy to wait. And they're it's, tired as well. I know they're tired. They don't really, you know, they're not they're not rushing. I think that this pressure comes from us as women, and that's um, that's where things just need to change. We just need to give ourselves a break. We've just had a baby. Very last question. Tell me a bit about the campaign you're working on, mm. and the changes you hope to see 
in postnatal health care? So we, as Pelvic Raw, are working on a real generalisation of pelvic health issues. Um, I, as I mentioned, my, my, my interest is postpartum recovery, postnatal recovery, and trying to help implement um, changes and access to women's health physio for, for all women. So I think we're chipping away and getting there. We, the NHS 10-year uh, plan had, seems to indicate that at least 50% of women in a few years we'll have access to women's health physio after baby we still need to keep banging that drum because it should be every woman that has uh, access to women's health physio um so we are still campaigning for change in on that side of things we're working uh with the rcog which is the royal college of obstetrician and gynecologists uh to improve to help improve uh information that's disseminated to women via leaflets and webinars um, so we'll be working with them. So it's it's worth uh, linking, following up, following them, because hopefully postpartum guidelines will improve with them. We are, as a group, also linking up with more uh, women's health sports associations to try and encourage women to do pelvic floor and core exercises from an earlier age, so that hopefully by the time they come to having baby, there are less issues. And I am currently working on some return to running post-baby guidelines with two amazing physios, Tom Goom, who is a running physio specialist, and Gronya Donnelly, who is an uh, Irish physio who specialises in postpartum care. And uh, we have written guidelines to help women and healthcare professionals know the signs and tests as to how to get women back to running and high-impact sport more safely and effectively. And tears, um, I know I had a tear with my first, Mm -hmm. and the fear of weeing and Mm -hmm. having a bath. Any tips at the beginning around promoting healing with that tear? So pelvic floor exercises are really, really important to do if you've had a tear, because they will help get blood to the area and encourage healing in that area. Um, you want to keep it clean and dry. When you have a wee, uh, pour some uh, some warm water at the same time just to clean it and, and help decrease that stinging. Don't put any scents or scented creams on that area. Try and keep it exposed as best you can or wear some nice cotton underwear. Take some paracetamol as well. If it's uncomfortable, take some paracetamol. If you're breastfeeding, you can't really take more than that. Cold compresses are nice to put on the area. So some peas uh, wrapped in a damp tea towel and just just pop that on the area for a few minutes just to take some of that swelling and inflammation and and inflammation down. And keep moving because moving uh, helps promote blood flow, which helps promote healing. Thank you so much to Emma. As someone who's definitely forgotten to do their pelvic floor recently, uh, I will be coming back to this episode. It's so helpful. Do check Emma out on Twitter. She's at Emma underscore physiomum or her website is www.physiomum.co.uk and definitely Google the Pelvic Raw campaign. And also just a tip, something I found useful, anyone who likes people counting for them while you're doing pelvic floor exercises, if you put Innovo, I-N-N-O-V-O, into your podcast app, you'll see that they have 5, 10 and 15 minute exercises available and she counts for you and it's really helpful. I used to do it while I was feeding my son, so 
give that a try. As always, please rate and review us on iTunes. We're trying to get the word out to as many new mums as possible. Um, also, get in touch. Uh, let me know your experience of, of, of your postnatal period um, and if you've got any questions that you'd love me to put to an expert in the future or any suggestions of people I could interview then please contact me via the website uh, www.postnatalfaq.com or we are on Instagram at postnatalfaq as always obviously this podcast is not a replacement for seeking medical support if you have a mental or physical issue after birth please, please take on board the advice of all the experts that I speak to and go and see your GP, midwife or health visitor in person. They would really, really need to see you to um, offer you the kind of help that you need. Um, so I hope these podcasts are useful and reassuring. But if there's any real issue, please go and see your GP. Thank you. That is everything. Rate and review us on iTunes. Thank you. Postnatal FAQ was produced and created by me, Abby Hollick, with music by Ian Kellett, mixed by Mike Halley, additional research by Leanne Nicholl, web support by Daniel Benalil, and social media by Rosie Stofer. It is a Square Dog Media production. <laughs>